Guys, do you remember the days when you were ready to go at the drop of a hat in the bedroom? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready to go whenever the opportunity strikes. Blue Chew has made all the difference in the bedroom for me personally, and if you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code SATURDAY. You just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code SATURDAY to try it free. Thanks so much to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast this week. And remember, Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. It's about winning, and it sure as hell ain't much about basketball. It's about money. Morrison, six, fire, yeah! Welcome to the Rise and Fire Hoops Talk Podcast. Kurt Schweitzer and Noah Groniger, and I tell you what, Noah, this is my favorite time of year in sports. Football is absolutely uh, at its zenith right now. We're uh, counting down to the end of college football. The NFL, we're right in the middle of the playoff hunts, and college basketball has begun. Um, things are starting to unfold. We're starting to learn a little bit about some of the teams that are out there. The NBA is in full swing. No, this is a great time of year in sports. We thank you for joining us here on uh, the Rise and Fire Hoops podcast. Uh, once a, a YouTube show, now a podcast available on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Noah, what better time of year in sports, man? This is so great. College basketball is un- under the limelight a little bit, but I think as we start to learn a little bit more about some of these teams and there's some big-time matchups that have been uh, in prominence, we're going to see more and we're going to learn more um, here in these coming weeks, my friend. Absolutely. A great time of year, like you said. This uh, fall weather moving into winter, but we're not quite there yet into the frigid temperatures. And I mean, we've got Thanksgiving coming up. Christmas lights are coming up around the neighborhoods. It's a great time. And like you mentioned, Duke beat Kansas early on. Uh, Kentucky beat Michigan State. But then Kentucky falls to Evansville. They almost lost the other night to Utah Valley. It's crazy in college basketball right now. But we're going to get into all that and more. Of course, the Memphis situation with James Wiseman. Like I said, we're going to get into all that and more with our guest, ESPN college basketball analyst, Seth Greenberg. Yeah, Seth's going to come up. He's going to be talking about Duke, the number one team in the country, the best defensive team in the country. But where can they go if their offense uh, is, isn't there to match it? I mean, uh, Duke's a team that forced 28 turnovers against Kansas. But I think for Duke to get to where they want to be, um, Trey Jones is going to have to be a better scorer of the basketball, especially from outside. So um, they're the number one team in the nation. And I think that what... Seth Greenberg is going to be talking about, and what we're going to be asking him about is it was the loss to Evansville and the near loss to what Utah Valley. Yes. 
<laughs> a wake-up call or wh- what's going on at Kentucky right now. They're really struggling. The state of the SEC. Auburn's playing really well. Florida's struggling. There's a log jam in the middle featuring, you know, the Missouris and Arkansas of the world, the Tennessees. So we're going to get into all that and much more with him. Uh, what are the prospects of the Kansas Jayhawks? Uh, they lost out of the gate to Duke. And um, still not really sure about them right now. Azabuki and McCormick have been starting. Two big men. Um, but maybe Kansas needs to be utilizing more of a four-guard lineup to maximize their potential. We're going to get into all this and much more because Seth Greenberg, frankly, is just better at talking about it than we are. But no, this podcast, um, it's really stems from the YouTube show that we started back in 2016, and now it has moved to a podcast format. We're going to be with you through this basketball season, hopefully bringing you some great guests um, from the worlds of uh, college basketball, the NBA, and just taking you right through, um, I guess, June when the NBA season ends because um, we are dedicated to doing that. Of course, uh, our website is GASNsports.com. That is the banner to which all that we do falls under. We have several podcasts, including one uh, for college football, which is called Saturday Supremacy. You want to check that out. Always great guests on that show. Um, Chiefs fans, the official PM15 podcast. That is us, hosted by us each and every week. We're breaking down uh, the Chiefs and the NFL. So you don't want to miss any of what we're doing right now. It's all exciting at GASN Sports. And, of course, we want to thank our sponsors here on this podcast. We've got uh, Blue Chew and MyBookie.ag on this podcast, Noah. Can't thank them enough, and we're going to hear some great stuff from them later. But always good to just mention our sponsors and thank them because we vet each and every sponsor that we have. We don't just throw up anyone that uh, wants to be on here. We wanted to make sure that the, the product is something that we believe in. And when it comes to Blue Chew... Noah, we know that uh, as guys, you have to believe in Blue Chew because you got to bring it every single time. And in Blue Chew, you can do it. And we both have, like to have more than a rooting interest, right? In, in sports. <laughs> so mybookie.ag, are you kidding me? Go sign up for that right now. Make get, Put your money to work. Put your sports knowledge to work. That's what we do each and every week on mybookie.ag. Absolutely. I mean, we've got some big games coming up here. And and if you want to put your sports knowledge to the test and win a little extra cash, especially coming up to Christmas time, you want to get a few more gifts for your family. You want to get them something real nice. Mybookie.ag. Go there. They've got some great deals for you guys coming up and how you can bet and and how they can give you some information to help you in your betting if you're not maybe as comfortable in college basketball or the football that's going on right now. They'll give you some tips and tricks to kind of get you through the process and and as you're starting out betting and get you feeling strong and confident in it and get you a little extra cash. Like we said, come holidays, you need it. Well, Noah, I know there are a lot of people out there like us that like to have more than just a rooting interest in some of these games. So attention, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congratulations. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer because, folks, you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code SATURDAY. And MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat. 
That's guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. So go to MyBookie.ag, use promo code SATURDAY to win today. Well, we want to go ahead and bring on our guest this week on the inaugural Rise and Fire Hoops podcast. It is ESPN analyst Seth Greenberg. Seth, it has been a while, my friend. Welcome to the show. This is a great time of year. College basketball is really starting to heat up. We're starting to learn a lot about uh, some of the teams. Uh, college football is still going. We got the NFL in full swing. Man, this is just a great time of year, isn't it? It is a great time of year, and you know the interesting thing about our sport is that teams are emerging and developing and. Uh... You know, developing an identity of kind of who they are and how they win and rotation. So you're seeing in basketball, you're seeing works of progress. And then on the football end, you're seeing teams that are basically right now uh, competing at their highest level if they're healthy and uh, you know, trying to position themselves for conference championships, uh, playoff games, and, uh, and national championships. So it's an interesting time along with the NBA, what's going on there with you know, the emergence of the Lakers and uh the, the emergence of different players in the, at the NBA level. So it's a it's a good time of the year. Well, the Duke Blue Devils are the new number one team in the country. Uh, we've seen just an incredible defense out of them through the first few games. They forced 28 turnovers against Kansas. But for this team to really get to where they need to be, uh, Trey Jones is going to have to pick up his game on the offensive end. What is your assessment of Duke so far, and how good can they be with this defense uh, if the offense doesn't uh, improve like they need to? Well, it's old school Duke. It's uh, it's Duke where they draw a line in the sand each and every play. It's Duke where they have great pressure on the ball, so they can get up the line on the wings and and deny the ball or keep the ball on one side. It's it's Duke that's best out of their defense. Look, they're, they're, they want to win a championship. They they, they got to shoot better than thirty percent from three point line, and not expecting Trey Jones to have the game that he had the other night. Uh, you know, he's not going to have that every night. So. They need consistency. The thing I like about him is the development of, of Vernon Carey. I think Vernon Carey can be a really impactful player. He's an old-school, big body, but with a new-school game and that he can step out and shoot it and pass it from the perimeter. But he can also carve out space and score on the block. Consistency is the big question. Anyone can do it on a given night. It's the hardest thing for these young players is to do it every night, whether it's Stanley, whether it's Hurt, or whether it's Carey, whether it's Wendell Moore. Uh, you know, that'll be the question. I think you know, Duke is the overall number one right now just because other people have not played well. Uh, Duke is still a work in progress. They're still an if. They have the potential, but no different than most teams in college basketball right now that have potential. It'll be interesting to see how much they continue to get better, how they develop their identity, and how much they improve offensively. Well, the Kentucky Wildcats, of course, have been a big story in the past week. Uh, they fell down to 13th after losing to Evansville. You know, with the way John Calipari likes to mold his teams, each Kentucky team seems to be, you know, very individualized. It's almost like this might be something good for him to be able to look to early in a season to get this team where it needs to go with plenty of time to do it. Uh, what is your assessment kind of of that loss for Kentucky? And is this kind of the wake-up call that maybe they needed? I don't know if it's a wake-up call. I mean, here's the deal. It's November. It's the third week of the season we're starting up. Everyone overreacts to uh, a win, a loss, a freshman making a play, a freshman not making a play, the struggles, the successes. It's November. Uh, fan bases need to take a deep breath and relax. Now, that's no such thing when it comes to the Big Blue Nation. But, 
you know, there are some issues with this team. They don't have anyone to block to throw the ball into. They're waiting to see the help of, obviously, E.J. Montgomery. I think that'll help that. Figuring out how to use Nate Sestina will be important. Tyrus Maxey was great in the Garden and Champions, and you know, but he's got to be that guy every every night. And you know, like you said, it takes time. Cal is extremely patient in trying to figure out his team. The one thing they have to do is defensively, they got to be consistent. I didn't think they were very consistent defensively against Evansville in terms of guarding the ball. Too many defensive mistakes, less Sestina on an island too many times, but. Look, if history has anything to do with it, Cal will figure it out. Uh, and this freshman class isn't what maybe other freshman class, classes were. They're just not overly, overwhelmingly talented. But, you know, college basketball this year is not overwhelmingly talented. That's a very good point. And uh, speaking of a local team, the Kansas Jayhawks, of course, opened the season with that uh, loss to Duke. Um, what do you make of their lineup right now? I mean, you've been they've been starting uh, Ozabuki and David McCormick, uh, two big men, but... It seems like that their potential is maybe going to be with four guards on the floor to for this for scoring opportunities. What do you think of Kansas right now? And uh, you know what do you make of this lineup? And how's Bill Self going to kind of sculpt this team going forward? Well, I think you know Bill, you know, Bill has big players. I mean, look, Dave McCormick is a very powerful front court developing player. Now, is he going to handle the ball in high low like Young used to, or, or make a free throw jumper right in this moment in time? No. But can he develop into that guy? And I think Bill's looking big picture. He's looking right. It's not exactly where we need to be now, but you know how good can we be? And I think they're going to have a versatility to them. They can play small, obviously, uh, you know, and and almost be positionless with Garrett and Abaji, and well, they can play big. But I think he's not going to throw away the, the the chance of playing big because I think that takes time. The hardest thing is when you have a team like that. You have two different distinct personalities. So you have a lineup that plays small, four around one, uh, space in the court. Obviously, it's better for Udoka when you have more shot makers on the floor because it gives him more space and makes it easier if he gets doubled to have outlet passes. But I don't think Bill will totally go away from you know having the chance to play the two bigs because that makes them unique and gives them extra possessions on the glass. Well, uh, keeping it locally, um, the Missouri Tigers a little off the radar here. I don't know if you've had a chance really to see them. They did almost upset Xavier a week ago. This looks like a pretty deep team for Conzo Martin. Um, obviously, you've got Kentucky and Florida kind of at the top of the SEC right now. Where do you kind of see you know, Missouri? Florida's really struggling right now. Well, they I are. <laughs> I think Tennessee is going to be very good in the uh, in the SEC. I think Arkansas is going to be better. Auburn's probably playing better than anyone in the SEC right now. Uh, they got five seniors starting now. You got to people people forget, I and mean, that's five seniors starting or playing. Uh, four seniors uh, starting for for Auburn, and Isaac Kerr, the freshman, has been really really good. Uh, but you know, Missouri uh, is interesting. I and mean, obviously, you got to keep Tillman on the court. That's first and foremost. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, he's the one guy that can dominate the paint and, and do some things in the paint. Uh, I call them the Smith brothers, Drew Smith and Mark Smith. Need to be consistent. Uh, and they need to, you know, they need to play well. I mean, it's just that's just the way it is. Pinson's giving them good minutes. I mean, you know, they're going to compete. They're going to play hard. They're not overly talented, um, but they're good enough to be in any game. And uh, you know, the league that the SEC, although it had a rough week last week, kind of getting bopped by the eight ten a couple times. Uh, you know, LSU with BCU and uh, and some other interesting endings to games uh look the sec is going to be a seven bid league you know missouri will be somewhere in the middle to the bottom half of the middle probably i think tennessee is better than people think uh 
Keith Ponds has been really good. Obviously, Bowden Turner are very good. Uh, Josiah James, the point guard, a freshman point guard, has great size. Fulkerson's underappreciated. Arkansas's got those two really good. Uh, the Mason Jones guy can really, you know, play. This is a tough matchup. Isaiah Joe is one of the great shooters in, you know, in college basketball, quite honestly. So the depth of the league is going to make it a little bit hard on Missouri, but also give them opportunities. Well, another program that appears to not really be missing a beat despite losing Rui Hachimura, you lose Clark, Norville, Perkins, they're all gone from Gonzaga, but Mark Few has his team back in the top 10. Big men, uh, Philippe Petrusev, uh, really playing well for the Zags right now. Uh, just how is Mark Few um, able to continue doing this, and, and kind of what are the prospects of, of the Bulldogs going forward? I think they're going to, I think they could be a Final Four team. And, you know, he picked up 250 transfers in Ryan Woolridge and Admon Gilder. Both guys have maturity. Woolridge can score it. Gilder can play either position. Uh, Corey Kispert is, might be one of the most improved players in college basketball in terms of efficiency. And he's got legitimate size at 6'7, can really shout the ball, has a really good feel. Petrosev's been really good. And they haven't even got Tilly and Tilly back yet. So, uh, you know, this is a team that has a chance to be really, really special Final Four National Championship good in this season. Uh, and the true Timmy kid is going to be another guy that emerges as an impact player um, in the front court. So they're really talented. Uh, they're extremely well coached. Uh, you know, the game against Texas A&M the other day, they got us to a little bit of slow start. But what do they do? They just kind of keep on grinding away and keep on doing what they do well. And that's what makes them so good is that their consistency in their approach. Well, unfortunately, uh, as the college basketball seasons began, um, probably the biggest story has been about Memphis is James Wiseman. And what do you feel kind of ultimately is, is, is going to happen in, in this situation for Penny Hardaway in the Memphis program? He's going to get between six and nine games, uh, is my gut feeling. Uh, he can't have a separate set of rules for a guy that potentially can be the number one pick in the draft or the guy who's, you know, the coach who's, you know, one of the top 50 players in the country. I mean, uh, the rules are the rules, and the rules abide, you know, apply to everyone. Uh, having said that, you know, while Memphis was fighting the rules uh, and 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 challenging the rules, uh, I I almost thought it was a little sophomoric. And I understand standing by your player, getting behind your guy, but uh, you know, the deal is that you know the NCAA. I know everyone thinks through the evil empire. There are 352 teams in Division One. And the rules apply to all 352 teams. And, you know, the situation is uh, before they were going to even begin the, the uh, process of, of the initiation of, of declaring him eligible and then beginning some type of review in terms of reinstating his eligibility, the NCAA wasn't going to deal with it while they were being sued. I think once the, the, the lawsuit was dropped and the NCAA obviously Memphis decided to declare James ineligible, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is and the rules are the rules. Uh, I think they'll try to expedite that as quickly as possible, but you know, uh, you know, last year uh, a player from BYU uh, you know, got nine games for a similar type violation and I wouldn't be shocked if he gets anywhere between six and nine games, uh, which is not great for college basketball this year because he is a phenomenal player. And Memphis is a great story. But uh, until the rules change, whether you like them or not, until the rules change, uh, the rules have to be adjudicated 
across the board the same way for all, all institutions. No doubt about it. Love the way uh, that you said that. Completely agree. And we'll see where things with college basketball go from here. It's shaping up to be a tremendous season. And we always love seeing you on ESPN. The coverage is fantastic. And you do such a great job there. And we can't thank you enough, Coach, for joining us here. Uh, best of luck. And we'll be watching on ESPN. And thanks a lot. We'll catch up uh, down the road, my man. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me. You bet. Thanks. Great stuff, as always, from Seth Greenberg. He has joined us on various shows throughout the years, and it's great to have him on Rise and Fire as this podcast is going to be taking you on through the college basketball and NBA seasons. Great to catch up with Seth, and man, really bringing it. Talking about James Wiseman, he says five or six games, and uh, that's something that has been in the national spotlight with all that's been going on with the FBI and the NCAA and trying to clean up college basketball. It, it appears that it's still no really rhyme or reason when it comes to how schools are being dealt with. We don't know what's going to happen to Kansas yet, but with James Wiseman, that's another one. That's right. I mean, Penny Hardaway was hired at Memphis, Noah, for one reason, recruiting. That's the only reason you could possibly imagine for bringing in an unproven coach like him. But you're seeing this all around college basketball. Patrick Ewing's at Georgetown. Chris Mullen was at St. John's. Is this the new wave? Is this what's going to become acceptable in college basketball coaching? I think if you can get a great like a Penny Hardaway or a Patrick Ewing or a Chris Mullen, it, it very well could be. Uh, I've heard a lot uh, from that Memphis situation and a lot saying, hey, the players didn't really know a lot about Penny Hardaway. They're too young to have uh, watched him growing up. Uh, but all you do is go to YouTube, type in his name, start looking at the highlights, and you are you realize what a great player he was and uh, could have been uh, going forward uh, without uh, some injuries there later on. But uh the whole James Wiseman and Memphis thing, I'm a little kind of on the fence about. I mean, we've seen what has or hasn't happened with Kansas, North Carolina, the Dukes of the World, Arizonas, and and they're picking on Memphis. Like, I know what they did moving him to Memphis. I think it was $11,000 to move James Wiseman's family to Memphis uh, so that they could be close and be around him uh, while he's there. But to me, I, I'm looking at it and just let him cheat a little. Let, let him move his family there. Eleven, I don't, I don't care. It's Memphis. If this is, you're not doing anything to the North Carolinas, the Kansas, the Dukes, the Michigan states of the world, the Kentuckys. So just leave Memphis alone. I think this is ridiculous. It is a bit. And until we get to some, some sort of semblance of, of a finality to this situation, we're just going to keep having things like this popping up. And I mean, look at this Rick Patino gone from Louisville. They're ranked number two in the country right now. I don't know. If the, if the goal is to really break, bring these programs down, it's not working. Louisville's number two in the country, and good for them. It just feels like this kind of thing is just going to keep creeping and rearing its ugly head in college basketball, and maybe that's just what the sport is, and, and, and that's unfortunate. You heard Seth Greenberg say that this just can't go on. You do the, you know, you do the crime, you do the time. Uh, Seth wants an even playing field. I don't know that his cohort down there, Jay Billis, uh, feels the same way, but uh, maybe we'll have a chance to have Jay on the show later on in the college basketball season. That's the problem, though. You do the crime, you do the time. These blue blood programs aren't doing the time. They're just doing the crime. I mean, I know <laughs> Kansas is kind of getting slapped on the wrist right now. We'll see what comes of that going forward. Uh, if the NCAA will continue with that and we'll see it go all the way through or if Kansas will appeal and find a way out of it. And uh, I'm guessing they will because that's what blue buds do. They find a way out of it. Uh, and the NCAA doesn't really seem like they're forceful with the Blue Bloods. and But here they are picking on Memphis. So do the crime, do the time. Yeah, if it's across the board. But I think it's just Memphis, you do the crime, you do the time. Blue Bloods, you do the crime, you skate scot-free. Two things. Um, 
you heard Seth Greenberg say that he believes the SEC to be a seven-bid league this year. That means, like we mentioned, there's going to be a log jam. We know what Kentucky is, although right now they're struggling. Auburn is back in the top 25 and, and playing really well. Tennessee. Um, as, as is Tennessee. We What we don't know is in the middle there, there's going to be a lot of room for the Missouris of the world, the Arkansas's, um, you know, the LSU's. This is If this is a seven-big league, half the conference makes it. Conzo Martin, in his third year, um, is going to have every opportunity to get Missouri back in that tournament. They're a suffocating defensive team, nearly knocked off Xavier, couldn't get it done. Um, but you heard him say that he believes that this is a, a deep Missouri team, um, challenged offensively, but in college basketball, a lot of teams are challenged offensively. That's just kind of what they are. That's kind of the identity. That's what kind of college basketball is at this point. And tell them if you tell me if you disagree with this. You heard Seth Greenberg say as well, Gonzaga is a Final Four caliber team. Agree or disagree? Oh, I have to disagree with that. Uh, as big a Gonzaga fan I am, I love them. But after losing Brandon Clark, Rui Hachimura, Zach Norville, uh, Josh Perkins, uh, Gino Crandall. I mean, that's just too much off of a team that didn't win a national championship last year. And you've got Corey Kispert kind of leading the way for them now, but I, I just don't think they have enough firepower. I think they go about seven deep, and that's just not enough when you're going up against these blue bloods and trying to go through a tournament with foul trouble and craziness. And and who if they get injured, then we're down to a six-man rotation. That's just not enough to get to a Final Four uh, I'd love to believe it. Crazy things can happen. B- basketballs bounce a funny way, but it's just, I don't think it's going to be enough. Mark Few, a great coach. They're ranked number eight. They're 4-0 right now, but uh, I just don't see them. I mean, the WCC keeps getting stronger. St. Mary's uh, was ranked earlier. They had a tough loss, but uh, they were 18th. Now they're just out of the top 25, but uh, the WCC is not going to be a cakewalk with BYU in there as well. Uh, a lot of these other teams are coming up. Uh, the San Francisco's of the world, they're, they're just not cakewalks like they used to be. And uh, Gonzaga trying to make it through their non-con and then through their conference and conference tournament and then into the NCAA tournament. They will make it, of course, but I just don't see them getting very far. Maybe a Sweet 16 and then out for them is kind of what I see. Well, your money stays in plays with us for the rest of the college basketball season. Can't thank you enough for joining us. Hope that you'll press that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. We're going to be taking you all the way through and um, doing this weekly. So going to be breaking down um, all the pertinent topics, all the rising stars and teams that are heading straight to the top and teams that are going to be falling off and never to be heard from again. I mean, right now, you've got um, Virginia ranked 10th. Texas Tech 11th. These are the two teams that played for the the championship last year, and they're ranked 10th and 11th. I I mean, I like Virginia's defense coming back. They've allowed like 34 points to Syracuse in a game. And uh, don't sleep on the Texas Tech Red Raiders uh, when it comes to um, looking at uh, the Big 12, because when a lot of people look at the Big 12, Kansas and everybody else, well, that streak last year was already snapped by the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And, uh, you know, Coach Beard is building something down in Lubbock. He looks like he's entrenched and in for the long haul. Not going to be splitting, hopefully. I think that'd be great for college basketball if he were to stay and not split for a blue blood and just try to keep that going. I think uh, what we're going to find out is that college basketball is going to be once again a situation where 10 or 15 teams may be able to win a national championship this year. That number is going to dwindle you know, in two months. By the time conference season starts, we may be down to you know seven or eight that we think have legitimate chances. But right now, seems kind of wide open. This is the college basketball 
that I kind of grew up with that I love that I look around and say, hey, there's a legitimate chance here. Get to the tournament. Things can go your way here. You saw it last year. The proof's in the pudding. Texas Tech and Virginia. Granted, Virginia was a one seed, a one seed that lost to a 16 seed a year ago. And Texas Tech, the th- a three seed, getting there, getting to the championship. We also had Auburn in the Final Four, a team that is never good at basketball. And here they are. Uh, what Bruce Pearl's done, a guy we've met in person, a guy I'm kind of a fan of in, in person, to be honest with you. Um, we know what he's capable of behind the scenes. That said, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the Rise of Fire Hoops podcast. We're going to be bringing it uh, the rest of the college basketball season. Your money stays in place with us right here.